Part Books with Anita S.J. Asmi, Not the End Chronicles Chapter 12 Back in Rajasthan, I remembered everything of my past in painful details. And when Paris asked me during one of our walks, Did Puneet Bhai Saiver raise his hand on you? I shuddered and he lowered his gaze, reading the answer in my trembling. No, Paris, he didn't. I said, but I knew he wasn't convinced. Were you depressed then, Bhavisa? Is that why you cut your wrist? Did he push you to attempt suicide? Was he that evil? He asked his voice, rasp and shaky. No, Paris, please don't think of him like this. This wrist was an accident. I said rubbing my fingers over the scar. Don't you cover up for him because he's dead, Bhavisa. I am sorry. I don't know how one can respect one's mother so much and treat a woman like a cattle. He began to sob, covering his face with his palms, his head in his knees, he was sobbing like a child. Paris, it is not what you think. Bhavisa, listen to me. Please stop crying, Bhavisa. I prodded him but he just wouldn't calm down draping my arms around his shaking shoulder I rested my head on his upper arm and let him cry I mostly forgot to call him bhaisa since he was close to my age I was comfortable taking his name I had told him several times to call me asmi but he had said if he got used to it and if it slipped his tongue when elders were around he would get good whipping so I could not push In some time when he lifted his head wiping his tears and sniffling like a girl he looked at me sheepishly I smiled at him Now listen Paris I don't want you to assume wrong about your brother I pleaded Just don't justify Bhavisa I know you don't see evil in anybody He said putting his palm up to show his disagreement and added He pushed you to attempt suicide I know it Bhavisa He told me that himself What? What are you talking about? It's not true. He must have assumed. Tell me all he said and I can clarify. I could feel the pounding of my heart. Did Puneet actually assume I cut my wrist? I wondered. No tact, no diplomacy. Puneet had only brutal honesty. When Didi and Bhai left, he told me clearly not to be deceived by the show and not to expect anything. I had never shed tears in his presence not after all the humiliation not after being almost killed by him but when we were returning from the airport saying goodbye to my didi brought them down like a flooding river I did all I could to rein them in but I ended up wiping the violent flow again and again as I looked out of the window despite my desire to wallow in self pity I had never given to crying but I couldn't help to die I was missing her so much that it hurt Remember I didn't promise anything. You're not getting anything out of this marriage. You may cry all you want. He said and I flinched for just a moment at the harshness of his words. Then I folded my arms across my chest to hide that my hands were clenched into fists. You think these tears are for the end of the good times with you? You think you have charmed your way to my heart in last 3 days? Huh? Then you have forgotten. You have bared your soul to me, Puneet. I have seen the devil in you. Remember? No amount of good you do is ever going to erase that from my memory. It is seared here in my brain. 
I said angrily poking into my forehead the next moment regretting it when I thought I noticed remorse in his eyes or was that almost the glistening of tears there but he was to blame for starting the fight I knew when he had apologized the next morning I had not truly really forgiven him I had suppressed my anger and was just happy for he had agreed to play the expected role I must say he did play his part perfectly well putting my didi and bhai at ease Why I was even considering his goodness I could not tell not that I was expecting to improve my standing with him Things were the same between Puneet Samantha and I their treating me like unwanted had struck wounding blows to my confidence I did shortlist a lot of jobs but I couldn't make myself apply I kept working with the students teaching them to cook kept on getting referred by one batch to another Physically drained I came back every day almost night to my lonely guest room The traveling was killing me it was quite tiresome and more so because it brought me home to the man who wanted me dead At one such tired days end when I was talking to Didi she gathered from the tone of my voice that I was fatigued She insisted on speaking to Puneet He had already closed his door so I told her he was fast asleep The next evening before I had reached home perhaps she had spoken to Puneet He asked me for my resume For what when I asked he said Your didi wants me to find you a job she he said in a clipped tone and before he could finish Samantha sarcastically cut in You must have told your sister to talk to Puneet manipulation seems to be your thing how else would she ask this of him She pouted as she said it I don't want your help If I want a job I'll find it for myself. Saying this loudly and clearly to Puneet I walked out of the room. Later when I was carrying my dinner the phone rang. Ignoring it I was walking with my plate to my room when Puneet called out. It's your sister for you. Hello? I was about to call you after dinner. I said to Didi to convey subtly that she need not call. It is beyond dinner time. See you come home so late and tired. Puneet said there is an opening in his firm. Why did you refuse his help? She asked. I I can look for a job around here in my field, Didi. I had just not tried yet. I don't need his help. I tried talking as softly as possible. Look, it doesn't hurt if he tries to. Please just give him your resume. What's the harm, Asmi? She asked. Yeah, I'll do it. I said to cut the awkward conversation short not intending to give him my resume at all. Two nights after the call I got into a similar situation. Puneet was offering me the receiver and Didi reminding me again. The only difference in the scene tonight was that Samantha was missing. Did you all fight? Didi asked. No. Who told you? I asked. Give the phone to Puneet, she ordered. My hands were trembling and his observant eyes had taken in my trembling while I handed him the receiver. No, he said to whatever she must have asked with sure panic in his tone. Nothing, Didi, really. Just a trifle over my smoking. I did not No, he said and then with lowered gaze he gave me the receiver back. Asmi, there is nothing wrong in taking help from your husband. Please don't delay. It seems like a good opportunity. she insisted i understand didi but i please ask me don't make me worry about you please she pleaded 
ऑल राइट आई विल आई प्रोमिस या बाय आई सेड कैन आई हैव योर मेल आई डी आई एल मेल यू माई प्रोफाइल यू नीड नॉट पुट इन अ वर्ड दो आई सेड कॉन्फिडेंटली आई वुडन पुट इन अ वर्ड इवन इफ योर दीदी आक्स मी टू आई एम ओनली गोइंग एज फार एज फिलिंग एन ऑफिशियल फॉर्म फॉर रेफरेंस दैट इज ऑल ही सेड पफिंग आउट रिंग्स ऑफ स्मोक इन द एयर I will never tell a soul what happened in the balcony that night if you are helping me as in bribing me then you don't have to I said He did not even look my way but I could see he clenched his teeth When he turned his hard stare was devastating enough but he used callous words too to torture me Helping in fact I would have surely spoiled your chances if it were to be in my office This is a sister concern and we have separate office buildings So be assured you're not taking any bribe even if I were to give it. But I endured this torture I had learned to by now. This was how I landed up for the interview at SCS Technologies and when I was in the second week of my assignment I had this injury. The story behind the injury was simple. I slipped from the chair I used to unbolt my door. There were things on my table that happened to be on the right side of the door. When I tried to brace my fall, my hand hit a vintage-inspired metal easel clock that lay on the table. Within seconds, I heard loud rap on my door. The commotion or my stifled scream must have got Puneet to my door. He did not ask if I was okay, just waited for a while and knocked again. Nothing. All okay. I croaked. Open the door. The sternness in his tone was like a command. I looked around the little mess created by my fall. He wouldn't wait till I cleared it I knew. So I just put the chair away using my left hand and opened the door. What happened? The concern in his voice matched his eyes that gazed into my eyes and this being new to me I got a little flustered putting my right hand behind I said nothing it's nothing. He pulled out my hand from behind me by now the earlier dripping had picked up pace my blood was now gushing out of the cut what why asmi i i a thin layer of wetness was filming his eye making it look as though he was about to cry i was terribly confused at his reaction the flow of blood i could feel but it was not really that painful yet then why was he trembling such i couldn't grasp Suddenly taking in that he must be getting sick at the sight of blood I rushed to my bed picked up a napkin that I had earlier put there and held it to my wound I'm okay you carry on I said as I took the corner of the bed to sit I was beginning to feel light He literally ran out of my room as if it was infected and I got up to close the door after him I wasn't expecting him to knock at my door again but he did That is when I realized he had gone to get the first aid box. I don't need it. I'm okay, Puneet, really. I murmured but was shouted down by his authoritative, "Sit. You want me to let you bleed to death here in my house and go behind bars for leaving you unattended?" He said, "Now this familiar accusatory tone put me at ease." I let him wrap my wrist in the bandage. He made coffee and porridge for me that I could manage to eat with my left hand. And when he peeled the cover of the painkiller meds and left them on the table with a glass of water, I had to look up and thank him. Without even acknowledging it, he said, "Please ask for help when you need it. Don't be a prude. It only makes matters worse. If the painkillers are not working, call me. I'll take you to the doctor." And once again, frustration hit me. 
It was a strange situation that we were stuck in, not knowing how much to care for the other. He cleared the mess in my room before leaving for work. He had expected me to stay at home. I realized when in the evening, where did you go? I had come home to check on you. I got lunch. He began as soon as I entered the house, confusing me with his concern. You need not bother. I went to work. I answered politely. What and how did you plan to work on the PC without using the right hand? He commented in his usual putting me down tone. Bunny, to show for her hand, such an attention seeker she is, I tell you. I'm sure she's got her share of sympathy from Mike. It's your boss, right? Samantha nudged Bunny by her elbow. I did not answer her. It's easy to work for him if you're a girl. The girls working with him say that, you know, Bunny, what I mean. She added along with her silly laugh but even he did not answer. So loudly throbbing was the pain in my right hand now from taking out my sandals that if I was the kinds who act on impulse I would have hurled them on her by now. I chose to remain calm. I cooled down the quickening anger in me and like a good girl I avoided bad company. I dashed straight to my room. I didn't want to make a fool of myself by struggling with my left hand for normal chores like filling my plate with food. So I stayed inside. He was thoughtful enough to order pizza convenient to eat by left hand, and somehow his being thoughtful surprised me even further. When I told Paris how I hurt my wrist, all he could manage was a wry smile. Why are you smiling? All of what I said is true. You don't believe me? You think I'm a coward to give away this gift of life that we are given? I asked. No, I was thinking of Puneet Bhaisa. He thought that you were frustrated with your life. He had begun to feel bad for the situation his marrying you had put you in. He had also heard rumors that working for Mike was not easy, especially for a good-looking woman. But maybe Bhaisa was wrong, since you are friends with Mike. Paris said awkwardly. Don't you assume things about your sister Paris is task away instead. I said almost threatening him. Sorry Bhavisa, I didn't want to sound like I was being judgmental. Let us forget it. He said embarrassed. Did Puneet tell you I stayed at Mike's place for over a week? I asked meeting his gaze. Forget it Bhavisa, forget I asked. He sprang up from the stone seat we had taken. I need to talk to someone about it Paris won't you no bhabhi sir you may talk to shama bhabhi i can't i won't be able to understand i'm sorry i'm not judging you i just don't want to know he shuffled from one foot to another restlessly eager to go back home when he saw i did not show readiness to get up he held both his palms over his ears to indicate he wasn't ready for the truth that he expected me to throw at his face You have already passed your judgment otherwise you wouldn't be so embarrassed to know why Mike who is known to be a womanizer is my friend I said when I hurriedly got up and started walking past him Bhavisa wait he cried but I didn't slow down Bhavisa please don't get me wrong I didn't mean to He stopped abruptly and even I slowed down when we spotted Shama Bhavi with Siddhi Sanika walking towards us They had come to join us since Masa and Parag bhai had gone out for some work. Taking the few steps back, we reached our usual spot, but now the place was filled with singing and laughter. 
Paris had this knack of making everyone laugh. He had this natural happy aura around him and it spread outwards from him during these short slots of time when Masa and Parag bhai sahab were not around. He made sure to entertain all us women folks including the girls. He was teaching Siddhi how to sing along with keeping Sanika distracted in some pebble throwing game so she wouldn't disturb her elder sister. Asmi not the end chronicles by Anita SJ to be continued